0: want to fail, and I know I will fail, but if you don't try, you're never gonna fail. The path to recovery and training again is better than the race itself. So when I hit the wall, it's never a great feeling, but just the path to get back and stand back again, that's where I get to the adrenaline,
1: where it gets exciting. Welcome to Sports and Outdoor Mentors. In this, the second of a two-part series, I chat with Franco Follietto the CEO and president of Salomon. Franco started his career in junior sales roles, but quickly progressed to senior leadership positions with some market-leading brands, including the North Face, Columbia Sportswear, and now Salomon. We chat about his most important task as a leader, making business more sustainable, and the importance of growing outdoor sport participation, plus much more. Before we jump into the episode, I have one favor to ask please hit the subscribe button. This helps us to grow the channel, elevate the content, and continue to bring you insights from amazing leaders from the sports and outdoor industry. Thanks for your support and enjoy the episode. So what would you consider to be your most important task as a leader of a global brand? That's a great question. I think, uh, first of all, is transforming
0: the planet into a better place. I think um, I grew up in the industry... You know, if someone would ask me in the late 90s, what do you do? And i say, well, you know, we'll, we'll build product, but literally build and sell product for going and spending time outside. And literally um, over the years, I have um, realized that the impact we have on the planet is much bigger than what I thought. And uh, people would say... To me, I would say to people, look, okay, we're not doctors. We're not saving lives. So take it easy, right? It's don't make that yeah. too complex. Actually, over the years, I've found out that we do have an impact in many ways, whether it is through the business of what we do. But also, you know, when you look at outdoor practice or sport practice in the world of digital, is still not big enough. And that's a challenge. People ask me all the time, how are you gonna grow? How are we gonna grow the company when people will be buying less stuff, or they're gonna be staying at home? And I keep saying, people won't buy less stuff. They will buy differently. They will buy different product. Now, the transformation of the industry is our major responsibility. Um, it's the responsibility for what we do. In terms of uh, the teams that work for our organization, whether it's Salomon and another industry organization, there are responsibility we have with these people, with this family. But also, how do we protect the future of this uh, younger generation? I remember my son walking, and I think it was, um, was probably... Um, he was just about to enter high school. It was maybe 12, 13. He came in for dinner once, and he says, over dinner, he says, well, yeah, because you guys are destroying the planet we're going to live on. Um, um Excuse me? W- w- what are you talking about? He says, well, you know, a school, we know, you guys are destroying the planet. will well, we'll, we'll come down. You know, it's, um, it was, okay, well, it's more complex, right? It's, uh, it's complex. Now, let's it is complex. It's not easy. Let's make sure we realize what responsibility we have. And we do have a responsibility. Responsibility getting out, people out there, they're going to get uh, much better with themselves. You know, I keep saying one day I want people to go and don't use cars, just use running shoes yeah. and run. Now, obviously, I'm pushing the boundaries. It's not always possible. But there is a way. Every time, you, you know, I think the impact of the producing a pair of shoes is like... a driving a car for 50 miles. Um, how do we drive less the cars and we spend more time into the autos? Um, there's definitely a change with COVID. COVID accelerated that. You can live, I mean, you are a great example. You live next to nature, and you you know how much it gets you and your family a better version because you are connected with nature. And we are very fortunate. I mean, we live here. so. How do we, our responsibility is to make sure that we will bring more people in a responsible way into nature and in particular younger generation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, they're saying, I was in this, um, there's, uh, this larger European organization that basically are futurists. They talk about what's going to happen over the next 30 years. They're saying teenagers today, they will live until they are 115 years old. It's pretty impressive right? Um, I think about when I, I was going to INSEAD and uh, doing this uh, training session in the, I think it was mid-2000, and uh, they were talking about what people said in the 70s on what would have happened in, the, in 2000. They were actually right. The only thing they were wrong was the timing. What was supposed to happen in 2000 actually happened in 1980. So the world was going a lot faster yeah. than what anyone thought about. So that responsibility of protecting the planet is absolutely one of the priority. Yeah. And is um, how do we do that? It comes through engagement, passion. Uh, it comes through motivation, investment. There's uh, all a series of uh, things that we need to do. Our role as an industry leader is... Uh, either drive the change through the organization, but also raise this work so people can talk about that. I think the uh, we spent the time last year with the management at the, the Columbia Business School, and they're probably one of the most advanced um, school doing study about what is necessary to drive the change. And I think it, to maintain the temperature impact within the 1.5 degrees, which is the goal, over the next 50 years, um, we needed to reinvest in sustainability um, and sustainable um, investment about 3% of the GDP, the global GDP. So the amount of money that is required is actually minimum when you think of the size of the global business. So we have that engagement that comes with raising the awareness and that's what we have to do as industry leaders um, and we have to do it in the right way and we have to make uh, to be consistent and make sure it doesn't become a marketing activity it's not marketing the the, the scope And the impact of what we do is fundamental. And I keep telling to the teams, don't tell me the marketing story. What are we doing? How do we push the boundaries? We're very lucky because our industry is led by athletes. The athletes are those that are pushing the boundaries, and they're very sensitive. And they're the first one to say, we're changing the way we behave as a function of driving education and engagement to the people. The good news is happening. is that fast enough? I hope so. I believe it is. Um, we know there is a way to reduce the impact. Uh, and uh, we, we keep saying we also want to make sure people don't think that you know, consuming less or, you know, they're not going to move in the next 20 years to avoid to impact. It's not like this. You have to consume and to behave in a different way. Now, the good news is um, human being is adaptable. That's the biggest. It's not strong. We're not strong. We're adaptable. And that's one of the biggest characteristics. I'm pretty positive about um, what we're going to do to improve uh, uh, the planet. Um, And I'm very 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 aware of the role we play on doing this um and it's not uh, it's it's because we believe this it's because we have a role uh but also because uh, if we do this then it's it's going to be a better place for everyone and we're going to enjoy even more than what we do today
1: as well as the sustainability topic that you just talked and talked about you also touched on there the the need for people to spend more time outdoors or let's say the benefits. And I think we all understand that. And yet, and I think generally, probably driven by COVID, the broader population understands it. And yet we still see in the Western world that obesity is 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 growing, ironically. Um, and in the UK, you know, you have prisoners spend more time outdoors than children do, which is... Uh, even thinking about it, it always upsets me. What What do you think as an industry we should be doing to better get more people outdoors? It's a great question, and we ask ourselves
0: this every day. I think um, there are different um, ways. I think uh, innovation, both in product and sport, are fundamental. Um, every time you get people to do sports, to engage uh, or to hear about something that is coming new brings more willingness. Um, there is education. Um, you know, whether we have a new sport, whether it's uh, climbing or trail running, even trail running. You know, we live in the industry, we live in Annecy. we think everyone trail runs, right? People, people still look at me and say, what do, what do you do? You run in a mountain. Oh, you don't run in the mountain. I mean, it's like hiking, is a younger sport for kids and generation. So there's all of those uh, things that you think are very well developed when you are in the industry, but when you go outside, the the real participation is still very low. So, you know, I think we're in a good curve, um, structuring the sport. You know that's what we're doing. Um, uh, Olympics. You know we we just announced this partnership supporting the largest events in the planet, because those are the events that get engagement. Uh, when people look at that, they get motivated to get out. So there is, a, there is a, it's a, it's an industry. The stronger the industry, the brands, the leaders, the more we will gain followers will bring people out. I think people that get a, what COVID has been bad, but we translated that into almost an opportunity because suddenly we've been able to show people there is a different way of living and if you go up you know and if you're not fortunate enough to get access to the outdoors or you you know have the culture or you live in a big country or there are there are many ways where you maybe not even get exposed to sports Mm -hmm. um so that's changing okay and i think uh, Mm -hmm. you know yeah when i grew up in the northeast there wasn't yeah there was a little bit of hiking and hiking was wasn't a sport. It was, we, we, we go out to the mountain. Um, there was obviously alpinism has always been there, but there was a little bit of skiing for sure. But literally there were a few sports. Now there is a lot more that are engaging communities. But we're just at the beginning. Um, when you look at the Western world, it's definitely probably more into sports. But when you go into the U.S., there are areas of the U.S. where the participation of sports is very low. Uh, you go to other continents, uh, the participation in sports is very low. And so that engagement of the industry to constantly push the boundaries, uh, whether through sports, ambassadors, leaders, um, I call that the engagement of the industry to drive the boundaries is a fundamental. Yeah. And, and again, we we think everyone does that. It, it's not true. It's yeah. still a small amount of people. Um, I had the data And again, I I, I would need to look um, to the quota, but I think it was, uh, when you look at, um, and this was prior COVID, when you look at uh, defining outdoor activities, like going outside once a year to do some type of sport, I think in the US participation was less than 30%. You know, it's what? No, that's impossible. Actually, and to your point, you think of big cities, how do you do this or it's not even a how do you do do you have the culture yeah. uh to do that yeah. and do you value that um and those are the and, and there are you know primary needs compared to secondary I think that this is becoming a need that is probably raising over over the pyramid yeah. and because to your point before it will make people feeling better and um it will take a you know, will lead to people eating less or leading in a different way. Um, there is this um, culture of well-being that is growing, and uh, nature is a major part of this, finding that balance. And, and again, as leaders, that's what we're driving. Yeah. That's what we're driving. Business comes later, honestly. Is that the business is a function of. Um, the role of many of those brands in terms of uh, driving the change and the transformation yeah. of the world yeah
1: if it's an industry there can be even more collaboration i think already we're reasonably good at collaborating as an industry i think it can be better you know we can the message can be stronger and we can be more impactful and ultimately you know that will help the business as well sure. of and, course and to be honest
0: i think there's a, there's been a starting point Starting line. There's no finish line. Right. The finish line. There is a checkpoint, which will be, you know, what's the temperature will be in 2050, um, and we are all in that competition. Yeah. But there is no finish line, and the, it's the constant evolution of humanity. And what's going to happen one day? We're going to be 10 billion people. How we're going to live? Um, and those, I don't have an answer. You know, we were, we're definitely, will happen. And uh, Now, quality of life has increased dramatically, um, but also the challenges have increased dramatically. Now, do we think it's better to go back where we were 100 years ago? No. This quality of life will continue to improve. People will continue to live longer, um, but we have to change the way we live, for sure. And uh, I think sports and nature will become a, a more important part or what we do every day. And again, COVID-19 has been accelerating that. I still remember, you know, people were like, I, I got." A, I still have a date, it's June the 30th, one of the largest retailers in the US calling me in the office and saying, I need all the product you have. And I said, sorry, I said, Steve, your stores are closed and the warehouse is closed. We can't send anything. He says, no, you don't understand. I'm doing buy-on-line curbside pickup. I got a line of almost half a mile outside the store. It's uh, the week prior to July the 4th, and I have no shorts left. They're all going ballistic to get out. They got the time, they can drive. Uh, there are beautiful lakes around here. Um, everyone wants to do that now. They didn't have the time, they didn't have the engagement, they didn't understand how good it was. Now they're all in it. So be ready, and it was like since then the industry has been on a rapid curve. People are talking, um, you know, it's going to go back. It's never going to go back to where it was. It's just not going to be. There will be stabilization, but this trend, uh, the casualization and the sports and the out of the trends, as a trend has been growing for the last 30 years. When I joined the industry, I will, We were tiny, small company in the big corporate world. Today, you know, if someone was upset that the brands I work for, they were the size we were to have, I would say, well, you ought to be creating. That's never going to happen. And you know, the world has changed and luckily enough, it's changing to being a better place. Uh, we do have some challenges now, so we need to just need to address them.
1: Talking about challenges. So you, um, you mentioned earlier on that one of the best times to learn is from failure. Yeah. So looking back over your career, is there any one particular tough challenge that really stands out? And, and what did you learn from it?
0: I will call out two of them. Um, i go with, well, I say, probably the professional one first. It's probably when I'm, I had to do some restructuring. And that wasn't easy. That was necessary for the business. Um, and uh, that was a great learning curve. Going back to the basics, how to protect jobs um you know it, it it is never easy um it was a great learning curve uh would I do that again no it's just it was ugly it was tough and I didn't sleep for months um was uh was literally very difficult from a personal perspective I, pr- I will probably recall um you know I did have a one day I was found with cancer okay. in 2008 um I never been loud about that but never hide that is uh, um, that was big change. I was fortunate enough that surgery and the treatment fix it within nine months. Uh, when you find out uh, you know I was lucky enough for different ways. Um, uh, first of all, I was discovered because uh, a friend of mine, uh, Patricia, a, a very close friend, she was a, she's a doctor. She was uh, smart enough to understand there was something not working well with my body and she did, uh, she did send me to do a test where they discovered there was uh, a few things that weren't working. Um, and then I was fortunate enough, because obviously the type of cancer was, uh, you know, you could have fixed it. Yeah. And um, and that was a greater learning curve. Uh, suddenly, things get uh, into a different perspective. Yeah. Um, again, I've been very lucky. Um, fortunate enough, family was in my back, uh, you know, colleagues, uh, friends, uh, you know, great people around me. I literally I look at back and says did it really happen to me you know this is 15 years ago so it, there's a time where you, you sit down and say well is this really happening to me why is it happening to me and put things in a perspective yeah. okay everything that you think is important change the, the, the level of importance so those were probably the two different things that ever shaped over the time who i am in terms of uh, responsibility understanding the future um you know sometimes taking a little bit of a step back in terms of uh, uh, in particular when you have to take important a decision um that will have an impact
1: so if you knew you wouldn't fail
0: what would you do differently that's a big question i don't know I, again it's um, i want to fail and i know i will fail you know when i go and race and i have a set a target for finishing a race and i don't get the time or when uh, i didn't finish the utmb the first time i went and uh, it was a failure and um, you know and i wanted that i felt uh, the path to recovery and training again is better than the race itself and uh, that feeling of raising again is what brings me adrenaline and excite me so when I hit the wall it's never a great feeling but just the path to get back and stand back again that's where I get to the adrenaline and where it gets exciting me and and again is um, uh, do I want to fail I don't I don't really start for failing sure. but um, I know Every time I feel, and I feel every day in something, I just get excited about the path to go back and stand back again. And that's where the adrenaline comes. Yeah. Um, I think the body, having adrenaline going around in the body is the best feeling you can have. It's like uh, the endorphin of racing. Um, yeah, so I think a uh, feeling is part of what we do. Yeah. And uh, it should be part. You can't plan for that.
1: Yeah, so it should be embraced, not feared somehow. Oh, no,
0: absolutely. And it should be accepted and again you should look at the opportunity behind the fact of fading but if you don't try you're never gonna fail yeah. right it's just uh it's just the nature of, of building who you are as a function, who you want it to be. And the trying and trying hard is always been one of the things I love to do. Um, and again, I you know I, I see even between my wife and, and I, we have different attitude. She would have never tried the stuff that I tried, okay? But it's different character, different way of finding. And I respect this, um, but the way I want me in my life is trying, trying hard, the continuous improvement, the challenging, and if I felt you know what, well, I'm stand up again. I will stand up again, and that actually the good news is I will enjoy a lot that failure and the learning that comes with the failure and that pattern to get back into standing again
1: what's your favorite piece of sports or outdoor gear and it cannot be something from salomon because that's way too easy oh. <laughs> although i have to say considering everything that is around us it's probably quite difficult to find something that you own that isn't salomon maybe but i'm sure there's some things no look i have
0: um boxes at home of um, i keep every i think i have them um, maybe 10 boxes with all the t-shirts of the you know 50 plus ultra okay. race I've done yeah. um, I have a, I had to stop to keep the shoes because otherwise I, I needed a new wife yeah. because she said a certain time is over okay we can't have a, one room packed with your shoes um, I, I would say the reason one product um, there are several product that I love and that are products that shape of the industry. Um, you know, I was mentioning, uh, I think about the Noopse jacket from No Face. Um, you know, I have a Noopse. Uh, the funny story is that my, ki- my son came back maybe a couple of years ago and says, well, I want to get a, a Noopse jacket because uh, all my friends are wearing it. And, you know, Nupse, that was like a a layer for climbing Everest in the mid-90s. Unique, iconic pieces. And I said said to him, there's no way you're going to spend all those money from office. And I said, well, actually, I have the solution. I have the Nupse, and I have the real one, okay? So I went back and literally opened the boxes down our place in southwest of France and gave him the Nupse jacket, which I had from 97. Um, you know, there's the bugaboo jacket from uh, from uh, uh, north, uh, from North Colombia that was yeah. absolutely an iconic piece, a transformer, um, the outdoors. I think about the Rising Sun bowl shorts from Andy Idols, uh, from Bellavon. I have all those pieces. I think about Salomon, I was mentioning. You come to my office, I'm going to show you later. I got the Crossmax from 2000. That is a ski that yeah, redefined the industry. There was a very cross skiing or um, border cross if there wasn't Salomon deer. I have a, you know, those are the kind of pieces I love. I, uh, now I have my six pair of the XT6 or it, it's the culture around the product, uh, the, the, the passion around the product. Uh, I think this this is one of the things that's been pushing and motivating me and uh, again, it's, uh, it's a fine balance on how many of them you can keep. Um, you know, how many pair of skis do you need? N plus one, that's what you need. Same story with bikes. Um, so it's, it's, I think, a sport got into, I don't even, so we do some product, the industry does some of the product now, they're not even products anymore, long, they're expression of a self-being, uh, they are art. Um, it's, it's really impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm, again, you look at the evolution, from a product's perspective, over 30 years, you know, you you would go hiking with mid-leather, mid-cut leather boots in the late 90s, and today, you know, you, you you go with lightweight shoes that are as consistent, as stable as a mid-cut leather boot, and still, you think half of the world use white sneakers to go on a trail, which is not safe, but. You know, it's part of the evolution of the engagement with the community. So, again, it's, um, there are some iconic products yeah. that are there. They're, they're part of um, my place and the way I yeah. we, we protect all what I've been living. I was fortunate enough to live into
1: the industry. Yeah. You talked about the team there. So if today was your last day at Salomon, what would your message be to the team? The first advice would be
0: just be yourself. Enjoy life. Uh, Life is too short for not enjoying that. Um, Second would be be passionate about what you do. Um, And when I say passionate, it's not only passionate around uh, um, your work. You have to live a life with passion, with motivation, and with commitment. This goes to lead by example. You can't ask people to do more than what you do. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say I will, I'm i the first one to come to the office and, and to leave in the evening, but definitely when I'm here, I will be engaging with the teams and showing I'm around. Um, I think uh, the suggestion is, uh, the biggest probably suggestion is what has shaped who I am today is the people around me. So make sure you have uh, better people than you. And that's not only... In uh, At work, that's uh, from a life perspective. That learning that comes with people better than you, next to you, um, it's fundamental. And I remember one of my mentors, uh, the CEO of Bellabong, actually, at that time, he said, uh, he said in the early part of his career, when he thought he didn't want to hire better people than him because they would have eventually taken his job. But literally, after a few years, he actually said uh, Everyone that I'm going to hire is going to be better than me so I can learn. That was a great learning curve at at the beginning or in my mid-30s because I never thought about it, okay? And today, you know, I look at where I'm weak or where the company is weak and I sit down with management saying, these are the capabilities we need, the skills we need, let's go and bring them in. Um, You know, I try to go running with our athletes, Um, I think, last... Um, trail camp we had at one of the Mont Blanc. They said, "Well, you got to come out with us." They c- literally killed me. Okay, said, for them it was a cruising, wasn't training. Um, it was a great moment, great time. Uh, and again, you know, I love spending time with them because they're such great leaders in what way they do. So ultimately, that continuous improvement, passion for doing stuff, but also for learning, is uh, feeding the evolution of the world Mm -hmm. and uh, and i never thought i would try to become a leader that was last thing i thought about when when i was working i just wanted to do what i want what i liked and that has been always the major driver And, and again i have the biggest leader around me they're not management they're people that work in the company they build the product they just love what they do they just they don't need to run a company it's not maybe what they want okay there are great leaders around the organization that are never gonna run a company whoop and that's the best way so the expression of yourself is always around who you want to be and that's the fundamental I think the opportunity with the industry and uh, with Solomon is is so great um, you know we have uh, the industry and the Solomon are there are, there are some brands that in the industry that have shaped the industry. And Solomon is one of them. When I look at back who you, I am today, you know, I wouldn't be who I am if there wasn't rail running, And Solomon has been there as no Face has been there at, at that time. So um, I think the message will be a hey, just make sure you enjoy every single moment of what you do because you're so fortunate. And this is just the beginning of the opportunity, you know, George used to say, George Solomon used to say, I'm excited about what I'm going to do tomorrow. And that's the spirit that um, is driving the Solomon team, but I think it's driving also the industry. The constant improvement, that passion around what we're going to be doing today and tomorrow okay and that comes through the energy of the people i uh, i feel you know sometimes you get armor over the day and problems and people obviously deliver to you hundreds of problems i go around in the company i see people smiling i see people around with skis uh, or someone calls and knocking my door saying oh, we're gonna test those shoes are you coming out that's what you know that's what he's driving that's what is making uh, my day better, that's what is making their day better. Uh, that engagement and passion is a fundamentally the, the difference that's made the world a better place and has made this industry so important and strong and in particular has made Solomon what it is today a leading brand in the planet.
1: Are you, uh, do you read a lot of business books?
0: I do. Um, I want to say business books, is a mix. Okay, um, you'd recommend? Yeah, look, we read books all the time. I think I try to read maybe a, a book a month. Uh, travel sometimes help. Um, I have a rule when we go out with management. I always uh, give a, as a present a book okay. uh, to management. Um, the I would say I actually, you know, my preferred author is Wilbur Smith. So I read all the, his books, uh, both in English, Italian, and even okay. some in French. Um, it, that, that is relaxing. What but was the it, name, sorry? Wilbur Smith, okay. the South African. Okay. Who, who, who write, he's, a, he's a romance, so okay. he doesn't um, write business book. But in terms of business book, you know, I'm, at the moment, I've uh, um, um, just finished, oh, my gosh, it's um, the book on the old blacks. Ah uh, yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Around the leadership, yeah. Um, is it that da- the? Is it Dan Carter's book? Yeah, yeah. It and yeah. it's um, again, yeah. I finished a few weeks ago. Um, it was given me by um, one of my colleagues, Stuart Henderson, who's um, the CEO of Artorix. And, and you know, so we exchange. It's a learning opportunity. I think books is great. Um, I love to keep books. Um, you know, recently we've been reading about. Um, a book around uh, sustainability and exactly what I was saying: we we need a three percent of the global domestic product um, investment into new technology to drive a better world, and more sustainable world. So to answer your question, yes, we'll, I definitely read book. I don't. I I try to make sure I always train for something. Yeah. Okay, I just yeah. love it. Uh, yeah. So whether I'm going to. A school, you know, I went to INSEAD for a corporate governance certification a couple of years ago. Got to meet great leaders. Got to get books from these great leaders. I recently read a book around the new capitalism. Okay. Um, you know, the, in the in the past, the shareholders were all about profit. Shareholders are not about profit today. Um, I look at myself as a as an executive, as an as, as an investor. Uh, when I invest into startup or businesses, I always look at what impact they're going to have in nature. Um, as an executive, I can guarantee you that most of the time we will get calls for people that wanted to invest in, in sustainable businesses. So there's a, there's a way that the industry is completely shipping. When you talk to great people, they don't want to work for a corporation that makes big money. They want to work for a Company and an organization that changed the world. In particular, into the industry, there's a, a new generation of um, um, Gen Z, millennials, are coming in and working in this industry. Um, they they want something different. Um, they want the future, and uh, we have to feed them. And uh, is important. Uh, so I keep saying our job is uh, th- there is a, there is a profit for sure. There's a return on capital employed. This is a part of an investor. But even our investor they want more. They want the engagement. They want change. They want the drive. Um, that they want to know they're gonna make an impact beyond the profit. And uh, and that's a fundamental. That's a fundamental. It's a reshaping the industry. And honestly, it's a reshaping the world. It wasn't like this 20 years ago it would be ultimately all about profit. And I remember going to, um, again, INSEAD, where I was a a young executive, probably the youngest in the course, maybe 2005, and and there was a question that came through. If your board tells you to do something you don't believe is right, what are you going to do? Now, I was 37, maybe 38 and and there were people that were 55 60 and they had big ceo job and you know what? i was surprised because a lot of people said we will follow what the board says and my answer was i would never do this if it doesn't fit with my value now again different cultures evolution of the world a culture where um profit was all at the top to a new capitalism transformational capitalism that is driving into a different world. And uh, investor today want more than profit. And it's just a fact. And it should be this because that is going to reshape the world into a better place
1: so as you know the idea of this podcast is to really help people within the industry guide them along their journey and hopefully benefit from the experiences of people like yourself so considering that and everything that we've talked about is there anything i should have asked you that i haven't asked you or anything that you you feel like okay yeah i really want to want to share that um first of all let me
0: say this is um this is amazing um i think uh, there are so many great people around the world that uh, you know, getting these people into their responsibility um, and their understanding of how to get better as they evolve into having bigger jobs is fundamental. And I got where I am almost by chance, and I was lucky enough to always, again, have great people next to me um, that were shaping who I am today. So making this a much more structured process is, is definitely a the way the way to go Uh, so thanks for doing this Um, you know I don't I think we cover many different areas so I don't really have other specific areas Um, I think is again I I go back to three things that to me are fundamental uh, for leaders is a passion is commitment and is engagement um, you know, this is all what makes different in sport or mm-hmm. business. Uh, there is no difference between sport and business. It really is the same thing. You need the same fear way of playing in both. You need the same drive. You need the same passion, you need the same motivation. Um, I always had one rule. Try to get next to you people that have been doing competitive sport. Because I think it creates, I think it creates that uh, sense of leading an organization as if you were racing. And again, that puts a little bit of pressure. Um, but it, when you are in a leading role, you have to accept that that pressure will be there. It's not going to go down. It's just gonna grow as you get the better responsibility. Now the good news is you're gonna learn how to handle that and drive that as an opportunity rather than as a challenge. So, thanks for doing this. It's great. Um, Thank you. And uh, again, once uh, there are great leaders, you don't need to run a company to be a great leader. There are great leaders across the organization. They're actually much better actually of the what we call the top executives. So I think the world needs leader to become a better place. And those are across the entire organization, not only at the top.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Franco. I thank think you've you certainly shown um, your passion, commitment and engagement this morning. Sure. So I really appreciate your time and thanks for sharing all your experiences.
0: Thank you very much for asking all the questions and thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, then.
1: I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. We love to read your feedback, so please leave your thoughts in the comments below. Thanks again for your support. See you soon and don't forget to subscribe.